ready to fire 2-2 in the air out towards right center field Harris going to go back Harris back to the warning track he leaps Michael's got it he's got it they fired it in and it rolls across the infield taken by Riley he throws to the back they double him off ball game over Braves win I've never seen a play like that series. Harris went to the wall. Harper took off. He made a leaping catch of the wall. Fired it in. It rolled past Hobbies. Backing up the play was Riley. He secured it through to the bag. Doubled off Harper and the Braves even up the series. Craziest double play you're ever going to see. What a catch by Michael Harris. What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Stone on Air podcast back where it used to always be. Your midweek download destination for thousands in the city of Chattanooga and the surrounding areas. This is the Stone On Air podcast. My name is Brian. It is the 11th of October. The week's all messed up because of playoff baseball. And the Braves made me very, very happy. I'll talk about that and many other things coming up here in a matter of seconds. I will just go ahead and apologize on the front end here. If you're not tuned in to social media all that much, which I do know there are plenty that listen to this regularly that do not participate in the sewer that generally is social media. And, uh, you know, all I can do is say good for you if that is your case and you are tuning this in or turning this on or downloading this, I should say. On Thursday, like normal, this will all be a day late. I apologize uh, for that. But the uh, the playoffs pick back up the National Division National League Division Series tonight in Philadelphia, Atlanta, and the Phillies. And then there will definitely be a game for tomorrow as well. And then we'll see what happens after that. This is a if you know you know situation. I won't do a ton of resetting. I will talk about the games for a minute or two here. As I mentioned last week, this would be a little bit different show because I didn't really think I would have the focus or the energy to put into it. That's somewhat true, but not really. It's working out all right, and I'll lay it out for you right now. It turns out there's actually kind of a lot to get to. In the second segment of the show, I'm going to revisit the the murder in downtown Chattanooga, more specifically the um, the reaction from the mayors, the city and the county, uh, Weston Womp and Tim Kelly, and uh, talk about that a little bit. I'm going to spend not that much time on it, and I'm not going to have a lot of loud things to say, but it's in the news and it needs to be discussed a little bit more. So I'll spend the, sh- the shortest amount of time for this hour of programming will be the middle segment likely course i say that and then it generally ends up i go opposite of what i say we'll see how that unfolds in the final segment of the show because why the hell not i have been wondering what this thca is in the world of marijuana 
and legal marijuana and not legal THC marijuana, Delta 8 and 9 and all this jargon. I have done this probably two years in a row, but many times over the years around April 20th, I'll do a show that's kind of dedicated to that. Well, I started poking around because I was curious because a friend of mine was just giving me some of his anecdotes about the situation. And I thought, well, what the hell? Today is as good as day as any. So in the final segment of the show, what is THCA and is it the same, similar or at all comparable in any way to regular old THC marijuana? And uh, quick spoiler alert, it, basically it is. But it's pretty interesting how this all unfolds. And so I'll, I'll get to that in the third segment of the show. I'm going to get you three. No, excuse me. I'm going to get you four pieces of audio. I added a fourth here late during uh, late production here on Tuesday. It is late at night that I'm, I'm doing this so that I'm going to try to move quickly here. Of course, that's always the goal. I'll get you the best thing ever, the worst idea, the coolest thing, and then one more thing. And two of those are going to be related to the Atlanta Braves' crazy, amazing win the other night. And um, I'll save commentary for uh, that once I get towards that portion of the show. Probably already now a little less than 10 minutes from right now or so. A couple of things, as I normally do, I take a look at what's going on around us as we speak. Big weekend, another one here in the fall. We tend to have a lot of those these days, a lot of fun things to do in this city these days, and that makes me happy. I will not be participating this year, doesn't look like, because my connections for freebies on tickets, I don't have this year. So if you happen to have an extra one for the motor car fest this weekend, you know, hey, Give a brother a shout, even though I'm probably not going anyway. Um, but still, hey, you know, keep me in mind. It is the Motor Car Fest. I think it's the fourth annual. It's put on by the DeFores, the uh, the, the family that's behind the Westin and all the uh, the buildup and the uh, revitalization, I guess, is what I the word I'm looking for, of the West Village area. And a lot of people don't like the DeFores. I don't have an opinion either way. Uh, but this is kind of their big rich guy and gal party. And it's pretty fun. It really is. Cars aren't my thing. Um, they're just something in life that is a necessity. It's something for me to get from point A to point B. When I was younger, I thought cars were pretty cool. And I still do, you know, recognize a really cool looking style of car. Like I totally do. But I don't care at all about any of them as long as the damn thing runs um anybody who's no, paid attention to anything i've driven my entire life clearly all you care all i care about and all you can notice by what i drive is that the damn thing runs and if that's what i get then i'm a very happy person so i don't mind to miss it but it is a, a pretty big event so that is this weekend also right down the road from there quite literally like two blocks um, two or three total blocks, depending on where you are in the West Village, is the biggest Oktoberfest in town, the only one, as far as I'm concerned, at the Chattanooga Market. I will likely spend some time there on Saturday, probably do that just out of um, uh, just tradition and just because, not because there's anything I really need to do there because it's quite expensive and I'm not going to be drinking. So maybe I'll take a gummy or something. We'll see how Saturday unfolds. Um, 
I, I guess all I'm going to do here is mention um, on this with the attacks in the Middle East is, well, of course there is. And I'm just going to throw a couple things out here. Just please be careful on social media and talk to your loved ones who are reasonable at all to understand what they're looking at. This uh, The headline is, Misinformation about Israel and Hamas is spreading on social media. Many misleading labeled videos, especially on X, formerly Twitter. And they're coming from a lot of the blue checks, which are monetization content creators. Um, one of the headlines that uh, was totally false was, Breaking Israeli Air Force is striking terror targets in Gaza, read the caption. Turns out Reuters finds that this video was from May, some kind of airstrike somewhere in the Middle East. It was not even in Israel. It was totally not, it was debunked by everybody who knows anything. And another, uh, many of on X and TikTok, uh, some had claimed it showed Israeli defense forces evacuating air bases near Gaza. One user said it showed Hamas forces towing Israeli jets. That video was published a month and a half ago on YouTube and has no connection or relation to this attack currently. So is that all that important, whatever that information was there? I don't know. I didn't see it, and I don't care. The point is, it was being labeled as breaking news now. Read this. Look at me. Look at this. And it's really bad. On Twitter, I don't know about Facebook because I have mostly uh, eradicated that kind of nonsense, but it is, um, it's, it's everywhere. So just understand what you're looking at. And I, I, most people that listen to this, I know I'm not really needing to talk to you. I'm just saying maybe if somebody who will listen to you will, uh, I'm sure it's a, a futile exercise. Uh, what what I'll say about it is is that back in the old days, the olden uh, social media days, when MySpace was really popular amongst us early to mid-20s, 20-somethings, it had on your about, you know, your info page. And this was kind of, you know, uh, a little risque on my part at that time. Now nothing is risque anymore online. But to put, like, political views in a relationship, those kinds of things. And I would put... um. And I thought it was funny. I thought it was just hilarious when I was like, not a fan when it comes to the political views, not a fan of the geopompus. I regularly put that because I thought I was so creative. And then the other one was uh, religion, and I put fuels war. And I'll just leave it at that because I, if I still had that option on any social medias, I don't even know if I do. If it said, what is your religion? I would just put it fuels war. Holy wars. That's what these all are, and they're never going to go away, and they're never going to stop. And as long as people run around believing in all of this nonsense all over the world in all their radical and even not-so-radical ways, we will always continue to have war over it. And that's all I'll say about that. Oh, and I hear, you know, I read Americans in the Middle East. How long until we say, uh, Americans, get out of the Middle East? And if you're still in the Middle East going forward, um, there's nothing we can do for you. Sorry. Why are you in the Middle East, Americans? 
I'm I'm sure unless it's something with the services and something governmental. If you're just there because you got more money than you know what to do with, or somebody's just there because of whatever the reason, I don't care what the reason is. Uh, leave, go away, don't be there. And if you get stuck or killed or lost or captured or you're a hostage, sorry. What do you want us to do about it? Um, I did see you know one of the memes was, you know, it's the most, probably the most famous meme of the boyfriend looking at the hot girl walking by while the girlfriend looks disgusted at him. If you're on social at all, you know what I'm talking about. And then people take things and put it on the hot girl and the girlfriend's face to be like, you know, like making a point. Well, the girlfriend is the Ukraine flag and the hot girl walking by is Israel, and the guy looking backwards at the hot girl walking by is the American flag, meaning, uh, sorry, Ukraine, all our money that we can't spend on anybody in our own country, we can't take care of the sick and the poor and the elderly and education and all the problems and all the, 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 the terrible atrocities of our own country, but we can send to Ukraine. Well, that's probably not going to go to you guys as much, and now it's on its way to Israel. And that's all I have to say about that. And you know what? That's all I have to say about anything important here on the open. Uh, just a couple other notes here. That Burlington's at Northgate Mall close, which is kind of signaling the end of Northgate Mall is what it, the way it reads. Raise your hand if you knew there was a Burlington's at Northgate Mall. And I actually raise your hand higher if you even really know exactly what Burlington's is. And then another one on the way out, which I hate to see, but I can't say it surprises me at all. The Chattanooga Seafood Company that opened up in that just one, one again, over and over and over again, failing location of restaurants. It was the old Sofa King burger, Juicy Burger. Um, plenty of other things over the years right there at the edge of Red Bank and downtown through the tunnels of the, the ridge there. They have closed, and while a great idea, it, there was just no chance that a place like that was going to work. So, sorry to see it happen, but nothing surprising whatsoever. So, let's just move here to some some audio and just kind of screw around for a few minutes. I will probably go long here in the open. Um, I am so tired. I'm actually so embarrassed. I've talked about this before, but I'm so embarrassed that I took up for the media for so long, so staunchly, and even more so, well, I mean, more an important situation would be, the, you know, the American national media. I do believe that a free press is a very important part of our Bill of Rights, but um, it's just been utilized so incredibly poorly. And um, on a less important level, I used to also uh, borderline idolize and um, just it was like a dream job of mine, sports media. And it is just it is for such dummies. I mean, sports media is for the dumbest people around. And then, you know, you got that guy, that friend in your group, and it, it, they're probably big gamblers, too. And I'm not trying to hate on the gamblers, but that just they almost talk like it's a sports talk show. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Like, th these people don't have real conversations. They talk about who has the loudest stadium or, you know, whose crowd is raucous more than the other and then argue about it online. Or if it wasn't, if it's not present day online, it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago on the phones on, give us a call. What do you think about, is it more, is it harder to play in Philadelphia or Atlanta? 267-1023, like, stop, enough. Who is listening to this? Who is, who is... Um, 
uh, participating in this idiocy? Well, the answer was me <laughs> for the longest time and, and, and many others. And it's so stupid. It's so dumb. And this narrative is, and I, I, I guess it's because the Northeast is such sports media heavy and the West, Midwest and West don't care about us. But the Northeast, they they just really don't like the South. And it's probably for good reason. Like, I mean, I probably agree with them for majority of the reasons why they don't like the South. But Atlanta is, is a great great place i don't for all the things that are bad about it atlanta is awesome and it is the capital of the south so it is um it's a punching bag for everybody in philly and new england and new york and washington dc and other sports areas around that um you know that general area they hate on us they say us being brace fans they say we're not passionate we don't care it's a it's a fakest not real argument ever one of the biggest fan bases in all of sports is the Atlanta Braves. There's the Green Bay Packers. There's the Dallas Cowboys. There's um, who on a co- There's no one on a college level that goes now. Notre Dame. There's Notre Dame. Um, forgive me, whoever the kids love playing in the NBA. And then there's the Atlanta Braves. They are a nationwide fan base. They absolutely are. And they are rabid. It's also college football country. Makes things a little bit different, all right? So I'm not here to argue who's got better fans. I don't care about your fans. I care about my favorite team winning. Well, for today's best thing ever, I uh, and I pre-packaged this so I could play it early before the show, it is the radio calls from Philadelphia and, uh, and Atlanta. Uh, today's best thing ever from the huge win in game two. Uh, again, I'm not going to reset the whole game. If, if you know, you know. He kicks the pitch. Swung on, hit in the air, left field, deep. Marsh back at the track, at the wall. He's out of room. It's gone. Braves lead it 5-4 to four as Austin Riley with a two-run home run into the Phillies' bullpen. Okay, so that's what it sounded like to Phillies fans on Philadelphia radio, the go-ahead home run in the eighth inning. And this is what it sounded like in Atlanta. You know, we're all the contentless, uniqueless, boring, regurgitative dopes. Say that the Atlanta fan base is the worst fan base in all the sports. Get some new material. This is 680 The Fan, the flagship for Atlanta Braves baseball. 3-2 pitch. And he hits a high fly ball, deep left field, back to the wall, and it's gone! <laughs> Austin Riley hitting him where it hurts. And the Braves take the lead in the eighth. The Braves have erupted. They've taken the lead. And this place is an insane asylum. I mean, that stadium was upside down. It was, I mean, it registered, I think, literally on a Richter scale. It's somebody it was talking about in Atlanta. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But it was a zoo. And then the narrative all over sports talk, radio, uh, social media, prism living, all the dullards, oh, oh, the Braves act like they won the World Series. Act like you've been there before. It's like, bro, you're moving the goalpost. That's, you know, that's the trendy way of saying you're changing the narrative here to fit what you want to say. You say one thing, you're, you're not you're not loud. You're not crazy. You're not, it's not a crazy atmosphere. And then it's a crazy atmosphere. And then they say, oh, they're, act like you've been here before. It's like, 
it's like it's like ten year olds arguing in the backyard, throwing the frisbee around or something. I mean, oh God, I don't participate in it. I don't, but I used to, and I feel bad about that. Um, let's see. This is <laughs> this is funny. Um, this is from MLB India. Like, yes, India, the country. This is not some joke on Twitter or on TikTok. This is not somebody just trying to have some fun. This is from MLB.com. And a lot of times when I play audio, I, I, I trim it up and I tighten it up for cons- to make it more concise and for time purposes. I did not trim this at all. It's only about one minute. And it's a guy in English, clearly of Indian descent, doing some sort of a play-by-play of the end of game two the other night. And it sounds like a joke, but it's not. And I have to play it. This is today's uh, one more thing. It's two and two. Big shot coming up. Well, he goes for it. Will it be caught? Is it going over? (laughs) Is it going over the wall? That has been caught. It has been caught. How big was that moment? And there's the double play. Double play. Game over. The Atlanta Braves win by the barest of margins. What a comeback this has been. The <laughs> Phillies have been stunned. Truist Park is thrilled to bits. Is thrilled this to is the magic of the Major League Baseball. Is thrilled to bits. Former champions showing the world what they're all about. They were looking down and out at one stage. They were trailing <laughs> four to nothing. And then the Atlanta Braves showing that they are a force to reckon with. This is their home. This is their den. Our den. You cannot beat them here twice, twice in a row. You cannot beat them here twice in a row. This is their home. This is our den. That was live. That was not edited. That was somebody doing play-by-play for MLB India. And it was just, I'm, it's, I don't, it's, it's just great. It's just, it's just great. I don't get it. But it's great. Uh, let's do something that's not so great. It's the uh, worst idea. I'm going to do another one of these. Sorry if you're getting tired of these. I just love them. At Facebook comments. This will be the third week in a row I've done it. This is um, Ben Shapiro, Shapiro, whatever his name is, Loudmouth on Social. Um, I, uh, I made a TikTok where I had talked about how I was tired of Taylor Swift and all the primetime coverage on the NFL games. And I got a lot of hate on that as being like a woman hater, but that's fine. I didn't care. I just, I wanted, you know, reaction. I didn't care what it was. Uh, one of the messages I got, which i made another TikTok about said, uh, it was, it was hilarious. I laughed literally out loud. Um, I miss when men went off to war. <laughs> it was just the comment. I thought it was great. Uh, but this is a very weird... This is could be today's weirdest thing. Actually, I think that is what I called it. This is today's weirdest thing. It's the comments from Ben Shapiro saying, Taylor Swift has the maturity of a 15-year-old girl. Taylor Swift has the maturity of a 15-year-old girl. I agree. That's being generous. You are being kind. Fuck 
Travis Kelce is done. Now do Britney Spears. You're insulting 15-year-old girls. That is an insult to 15-year-old girls everywhere. That's debatable since I'm thinking more like 13. You are a very polite man to think she has the maturity of a 15-year-old. Try like 13 or 14. My granddaughter is 10 and X more grown than that and built like a 12-year-old. In the looks of a 12-year-old boy. That's what gets so weird. like a 10-year-old. And the body of a 9-year-old boy. And she is what? Dash, dash, dash. 35 years old? Definitely detached from reality. She's never lived in reality. That's what happens. She sold her soul to the devil too. Become famous. Drives me bonkers. I just don't get it. I would rather hear her than Lizzo or Cardi B. Better than another Beyonce. Everything she does is exaggerated and calculated. The Annoying. These are grown ass adults. These are real comments. He shows them on the screen as he reads them exactly as they're put. These are grown ass adults and the body of a 10 year old boy what in the f and the final one here um just because if i i don't even need it now but we'll go ahead as i'm almost already five minutes over on the uh, open segment it is ben folds uh most people who know me well don't even realize how much of a fan of ben folds i am a prolific and incredible songwriter uh doesn't have all the hits in the world but um amazing lyricist and piano player and he was hosting tom petty radio and he was talking about free falling and then uh on top of this coolest thing something else from tiktok that i'll tell you about uh after i find it on my stack here where is it there it is today's coolest thing hi this is ben folds i write songs and as someone who writes songs i've always been utterly blown away by tom petty his craft and his um Simplicity, both of them intertwined, really. No one like him. He carved out a niche that is just Tom Petty. And I'd say possibly one of the best songs ever written. You know, and when I say that, I mean like for popular consumption. Holy shit. It's called free falling. You know it? But free falling is so effortless sounding. Just go home and try to write that. I mean, seriously, it's just so good. You can't hype it too much. It's better than what I said. Check it out. So I'm going to give uh, Ben Folds uh, kind of a D for uh, quality there of being a DJ. It's clear that that was not done live. It was done recorded. And he's a better lyricist, songwriter, and singer than he is a radio DJ. But what he is saying is very true. And the, the thing that was the most important of all of it was the simplicity of it. Uh, we would joke, me and my guys that I play music with, a couple of us anyway, uh, the Tom Petty School of Songwriting. You take three or four chords, and you mix them up in a couple of different versions, and you've got another number one hit. I mean, that's what the guy did. It was quite amazing, because his, it was his mind and his lyrics and his um, melodies that were so amazing. Not the guitar playing. The guitar playing was the simplest stuff ever done. Uh, that's why anybody who can play guitar can play Tom Petty. But to write that stuff is on a whole nother planet. To be that simple, that simplistic, and be that great all of the time. And because I was looking at Tom Petty stuff because of this, the algorithm gave me this, an account that adds slide guitar to songs that don't already have slide guitar. And Tom Petty's Free Fallen certainly does sound good with some slide guitar added. And the long ass open is over. I will talk about the safety overall of downtown and Chattanooga as a city and surrounding area and the responses from both our mayors, county and city 
to the downtown murder of Chattanooga businessman Chris Wright. Hang tight. I'll get to that next. Stone on air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. It's in a half and a block from my office, but but downtown is a fundamentally safe place. Um, and I think everybody that works downtown knows that. I mean, we've struggled with our issues. Gun violence is a plague. Uh, on this community, uh, and we've got to do better. And we are committed to, to finding common sense solutions uh, to stop it. The Chattanooga Police Department did its job, in this case, with the, the suspects 60 some odd times. Um, it, you know, it could be a problem with the legal system. We're looking at that as well, the judicial system, with the penal system. Uh, I think it's a fair question to say, why was this guy out there, considering the crimes that he had been uh, accused of committing? Uh, but Chattanooga Police Department had him in custody within 24 hours. It is is not a matter of police leadership in any way, shape, or form. Are you looking out for me or am I left to be without Often I use uh, music that's symbolic to what I'm talking about and all that. After further review, <coughs> excuse me, this song might actually fit a little, um, but I didn't mean for it to. It's the only green sky bluegrass song that I have. And so I went with it to just say it looked like the Three Sisters Bluegrass Festival was yet again another huge success with Green Sky headlining that Saturday night. I um, wasn't able to make it. I didn't think I was actually going to be able to with the Braves game and all the other things going on for the day. And it is an event that is so large and attended by so many people that I know it can be like a hindrance to a certain degree. It's like I can't go anywhere without running into somebody that I know. And generally, it is a place I run into people that I like, but not always. And um, and that's not unique to me. That's true with just about anybody I've ever really talked to who does anything in Chattanooga with any kind of regularity. You can go to Nightfall regularly and not run into a bunch of people you know. You can go to Riverfront Nights regularly and not see... Uh, you know, more than maybe a half dozen people that you know. Same thing with the Chattanooga Market. Those could be uh, kind of events maybe that maybe people come and go and you might not run into them as much because they're not, they're not there for as, for as long a period of time as they might be the Three Sisters Festival. But so it's something that I'm totally fine with, with skipping. If there was nothing else going on, I certainly would have been there. But it looked to be quite the success, as always, and quite safe. And just like I have been saying for many, many years, I am a firm, firm believer that downtown Chattanooga is a safe place to spend time. No matter who you are, what your age is, what color your skin is, whether you're male or female, it is a safe place generally. Uh, clearly, not always. And um, I'm always going to come under fire for people or from people who want to hear, well, I was talking about the the sports talk media stuff of, I want to be mad about something. I'm going to start, we're going to argue today. Give me a call. What do you think about this? Those types, if they even happen to listen to something like this, are probably going to accuse me of being a Tim Kelly homer and letting him off the hook and always giving him credit. And, you know, they're, they would be probably right to say that. Uh, Tim Kelly is literally a friend of mine. And I um, am a big fan. I think he's one of the smartest men I've ever met. 
And I think he does a fine job running this city. And I think the Chattanooga Police Department does a fine job of keeping the city safe. Now, that brings me to a fundamental question that I don't really know the answer to. What are the police supposed to do? What is their job? Well, the first thing that pops into my head is just a quote, you know, that you see on a car, on a patrol car, or you see on a billboard or on a website or a social media post to serve and protect. All right. So the serve part, sure. The protect part, that's pretty wide open, right? That's pretty open-ended. What does the police protecting us actually mean? The, The police can't stop a mentally deranged, murderous career criminal from randomly killing somebody in downtown Chattanooga, which seems to be the case with this guy, Chris Wright, local businessman, and in many cases is referred to as a prominent Chattanoogan. The, the police can't, can't eliminate those things from happening. They can respond to those things happening, and they can apprehend the suspects that are believed to be responsible for such heinous violence and murderous acts. And that I believe they do an excellent job of. Um, I say, I hope I didn't sound too flippant, but prominent Chattanooga businessman, I think is just code for middle-aged white guy with a good job. People are shot and killed all over the country all the time all over the county, all over the city, all over the state, all over the region, all of the time. And it's awful, it's terrible, but sometimes it is kind of, what are you going to do? I mean, we can't talk about guns, can't say guns are the problem. That's not part of this narrative. And, I, and in this situation, I won't, I won't let it be part of what I'm, the point I'm trying to make now. Uh, I believe if you go downtown to spend your disposable leisure time You're going to be safe, you're going to have fun, and everything's going to be fine. Uh, The Patton Towers area, near Pickle Barrel, the thousand block of Market Street, where this happened, there is a lot of riffraff there. And I have been in that general vicinity before, and while didn't feel unsafe, I certainly didn't feel real secure either. So there's, there's some fundamental stuff and some policy type things maybe that could help clean up that area to a certain degree. Many of the eye account eyewitness accounts, which are very unreliable on all levels in, in this kind of situation, there's studies to prove these kinds of things, but that this was a confrontation, that this was an argument. This was a back and forth that led to this. Um, that doesn't, you know, it's not a ticket for murder and it shouldn't mean you end up dead out of the deal, but that does appear to be the case. It's a really bad idea to get into verbal arguments and any kind of shouting, yelling, or confrontations with riffraff downtown. That's a pretty bad idea that's not going to get you anywhere in a good place. I know it sounds like I'm kind of making excuses or something here, and I'm I'm sorry, I'm not, I guess I'm meaning to do it while also saying that I'm not meaning to. 
but I mean, just about everybody I know and spend any amount of time with, I would consider somewhat prominent people. I don't think this guy was all that much more prominent than anybody that I or likely you know either. I don't think that death is more important or less important than any others. And I saw a few social media posts and I immediately snoozed a couple of them. I might have completely muted and blocked totally out more than one or two of them of people that I just did not know. But people I did know I saw were engaging in this on social and I muted those for the 30-day snooze where this turned into typical politically-fueled national talking point social media filth. And anybody who uses tragedy, whether it's in the Middle East or in downtown Chattanooga, to immediately politicize that through social media, those are people whose brains don't really function on a level that I'm all that interested in um, having any connection with. And really, you're, you're, that person's dead to me. That, that person doesn't exist anymore, and I'm going to move along because there's too many people who are respectable who won't do that. Uh, politicians do this terribly, um, but they're pieces of trash, almost every one of them to begin with. Marsha Blackburn, our senator, immediately uh, in response to the Israel stuff was uh, Biden this, Biden that. You know, I mean, it's just, it's nonsense. And I won't listen to it. I won't allow it to be infiltrated into my life. And anybody who allows that to be, you know, and facilitates that into their social feeds and it's showing up on mine because we're so-called friends or acquaintances or colleagues or whatever, well, I'm going to move along from that as well. This is from Chattanooga.com. It's from C. Mark Warren, local attorney. He writes in a uh, an op-ed here and there, and I'm going to give you some quick responses from the uh, the mayors. You kind of already heard from Tim on the, on the rejoin there. This is Battle of the Mayors from a couple of days ago. He just can't help himself. Ever since being elected, County Mayor Weston Womp enjoys being the center of attention by picking fights with other public servants. If it's not a fight with Hamilton County Attorney Reuben Taylor, he's 0-1, the mayor of the city of Red Bank, he's now 0-2, or any of the 11 Hamilton County commissioners, now he's 0-13, it's now a fight with City Mayor Tim Kelly. Now is not the time for picking fights. Chattanooga remains rocked by what occurred in downtown Central. But instead of taking this moment as an opportunity to heal, Mayor Womp took this opportunity to blame. Instead of planning a community-wide candlelight vigil for hope, Mayor Womp chose a late-night social media sneak attack on Chattanooga. Not to be outdone by this childish behavior, Mayor Kelly responded two and a half hours later with a counterpunch, and the battle of the mayors has begun. But only the taxpayers will lose in this battle. Stop picking fights and start finding solutions. On Monday, both mayors planned to meet so this was over this past weekend, and find, quote, ways for the city and county to work together. Um, I read that because I thought, oh, well, great. What is Weston doing? What is Weston Womp saying? You know, he's a punching bag here for me around here on this show. And I went and looked it up, and I have it pulled up right now. And I don't believe what he said, unless he's deleted something that I'm not seeing. This is from September 29th. Unless he's 
deleted or posting somewhere other than Twitter and Facebook that I don't have access to, which I don't think is even possible because I we're connected on all socials. I don't think there's anything wrong with this. Weston says, I am heartbroken and angered by the cold-blooded murder of a beloved father, son, husband, and leader in our community last night. Tragically, gun violence is once again wreaking havoc across Chattanooga. Please exercise extreme caution downtown and avoid being alone late at night. There is a dangerous criminal element in Chattanooga, and while it is typically not a threat to innocent citizens, vigilance is imperative. I'm grateful to the CPD investigators for their swift action to protect our community. And I trust in the days ahead, the district attorney will hold this killer accountable. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with, with that response from West of Womp, so I'm not here to hate on him. Again, it goes back to my question, though. What are the, are the police supposed to do to supposedly protect us from this kind of violence? I'm not going to read any of these uh, pieces from these various media reports. I'm just going to read the headline. Sheriff Garrett to assign deputies to help strengthen public safety downtown. Uh, County Mayor Womp and City Mayor Kelly on Tuesday announced a partnership to strengthen public safety in downtown Chattanooga by expanding the presence of law enforcement. Mayor announces plan to address violence. Kelly administration beefing up security at site of Chris Wright murder, forming public safety commission. And while we heard from Tim on the front end, I'll read just a few of his tweets as well. Uh, every Chattanooga deserves to feel safe at home, at work, downtown, on the street, in our parks, at events, and throughout the community. That starts with law enforcement, and the CPD remains committed to proactive policing and enforcement strategies that seek out bad actors and that focus on those committing a majority of the crime in the areas where the crime is occurring. The murder on Market Street and shootings across town are sobering reminders that society is increasingly violent. As officers strive for excellence in combating crime, we all play a part in taking a stand against it in our neighborhoods and through our community involvement. There aren't easy answers or one initiative to solve violent crime, and our approach will continue to be multifaceted, holistic, and comprehensive. This week, we announced a set of public safety measures to address downtown safety head-on. Read more here, and that's the headline I just read you. Kelly administration beefing up security. It's I just, just read to you a second ago. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with any of those responses by any of these mayors. Um, all of this, though, is very reactionary, and that's fine, so they can say they did something. And in this case, that's all you can do. Sometimes it is we are just in a shit-happens mode and situation in life, and this just might be one of those. Just because you want answers, I, you, us, want answers, doesn't mean you're going to get them. Just because we want this solved doesn't mean it's going to be solved. The biggest thing here, as Mayor Kelly mentioned on the front end of that rejoin, this is a failure of our judicial system. This is a failure of our penal system. This is not a failure of our police efforts. I, I firmly believe that. I mean, the dude was arrested 66 times. Much of it was for petty stuff that you don't keep people in prison for. Actually, most of it was. And so then that leads to all the other issues of American problems that are pretty damn exclusive to us. Mass incarceration, over-incarceration, um, mental illness, guns. and you know, We start bleeding and blending into everything else. Sometimes... Shit just happens, and there's nothing you can do to fix it. And this might be one of those situations. But I don't see either of the mayors of this county or city out of line whatsoever. 
I see countless people on social media, grown-ass adults who are being terribly out of line and awful uh, uh, role models and examples for younger people who are using social media more than they are. Just a couple of quick responses to Tim Kelly's um, uh, Twitter post. All due respect, but I don't feel safe downtown much anymore. Also happy to help this city any, any way I can. Please reach out. That's from William. Perfectly reasonable response. Uh, Andrew Hurd says, gangs using guns is a plague. Get rid of the gangs. I guess somewhat reasonable. Gun violence is a key word here, folks. This guy doesn't make a ton of sense. I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out ideologically which way he's going. His name's Chris. It's not the people or the actions. It's the guns. And then it's vote Tim Kelly out. Tim Kelly, far left extremist. Tim Kelly must go. Chattanooga first. Um, another one is you are a complete disgrace and should be ashamed of yourself and your administration. Get a clue. What do you know about public safety? The homeless shelter that you have caged in two blocks from City Hall is a blight on the city of Chattanooga. Go back to the Chattanooga Football Club. Technically, you know, somewhat worth discussing criticism, though um, I doubt that I would agree with the majority of it. And then the final one from a guy uh, who can't even, you know, work the internet well enough to put a profile picture and has, let me pick it up, pull it up here, has, uh, sorry, uh, 24 followers. Uh, Downtown Chattanooga is most certainly not a safe place. Typical Democrat leader telling lies. We have a homeless and mental problem. I see it every day firsthand working downtown. And he's not wrong on that part of it, saying that we have a homeless and mental illness problem downtown. But it ain't just downtown. It's everywhere. And once again, we'll kind of wrap, I'll wrap it up and say, that's all I have to say about that. It's heartbreaking. It's awful. It sounds terrifying for anybody who would have seen that. For for the family of the murdered uh, uh, guy, Chris Wright, to the horror of everybody and every single thing involved on that. Sounds awful. But sometimes there's just nothing that can actually be done to, to fix random acts of terrible violence. Sometimes shit just happens. But here's at least a tip, and I'm not trying to be flippant. Do not get into arguments and confrontations with people you don't know how about this anywhere ever start there and you'll likely be in a much better place than if you do and i'll leave everything right there well we all know what thc is but what is thca let's lighten this thing up and end on a happy note and watch some baseball i'll get to that coming up next Back to more. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Stone on air.
So all my bags have a label that shows the percentage of THC, but the label also has THCA. And if you've ever wondered what all the differences are in between these two, this is the video for you. We're gonna learn what THCA actually is, how it acts differently in your brain, why some products have two different percentages on the label, the potential medicinal benefits of THCA, and then I'll show you how you can easily maximize the amount of THC that you get from any flower so you can always get the best medicinal benefit. I forgot to get the dude's name, some YouTube channel, guy who sells CBD, THC, THCA, Delta 8, Delta 9. And I'm going to play a couple cuts from his YouTube channel here in just a minute. Uh, I will just say, you by the time this segment's over, which is going to be short, I'm already around 40 minutes now and I don't want to go over 60. It's just the way I like to do things. So I'll be quick. Uh, you won't understand all the differences in all these things because I still don't entirely know. It's a very, really sophisticated overall agricultural science, what is happening here. The hemp bill, uh, the farm hemp, whatever it is called, bill from 2018, that most states, if not damn near all of them, but certainly all around here in the South, uh, legalized the bill that went through is leading to all kinds of Frankenstein, if you will, versions of marijuana that nobody saw coming. That is a perfect example of, from the front end on the open, of give human beings opportunity and you'll be shocked at what they do with it. You can use that quote, that comment, and apply it to just about anything. And I find this to be fascinating. I find it to be awesome, cool, and hilarious all at the same time that politicians unknowingly have allowed marijuana to basically be legal. I, I hope we get some federal regulations eventually to make the industry operate more efficiently, but that's another conversation for, uh, for another day. This is just from Morning Brew that I've been holding on to for a little while. Experiencing the world without chemically altering your brain is going out of style. The use of cannabis and psychedelic drugs among U.S. adults hit all-time highs last year. Runs through a bunch of the numbers here. 44% of young adults, 19 to 30. 28% of adults, 35 to 50, report using marijuana. Uh, and then just a bunch of other stuff here. Talks a lot about MDMA and microdosing. Um, very popular in a lot of walks of life. More west of the Mississippi than as much on this side of the country. We'll see more of that as it slowly moves its way here into popularity. I'm not hip to any of that stuff, nor do I like psychedelics in any way at this point in my life, so I'm not as, as much interested in that, but I am still looking for a way to get a buzz. I, I'm always going to be that way. And I have been playing around with some of these Delta 8, Delta 9 gummies. If you know the story from September 2022 and the Pearl Jam show that I told, and you know all about that awful experience that I had, if you don't, then you'll have to go back and, uh, and listen if you'd like to know. But I'm starting to find some of these are actually doing me right. They're fixing me in situations sometimes in a very good, productive, and healthy way. Um, I will say, though, that I have always kind of looked at this with an eye sideways, that this CBD is like this really big health benefit. Um, I don't, I've always thought that was kind of a big consumer lie just to sell a product before that farm bill was passed. 
I'm not going to go back and forth on that one. I don't know. I don't think that anything that involves marijuana is inherently good for you. I also don't think it's an inherently in any way bad for you. I think it's a pretty neutral product, which makes it pretty great. Um, overall, I'll smoke anything if you pass it to me in a field at a concert. I was at uh, Rage Against the Machine last year at Madison, Madison Square Garden, and this guy who l- literally talked through a talk box, uh, odd fella next to me, was smoking something through like this really odd kind of gross looking used cigarette filter butt but it was some kind of reefer of some sort and i was like hey man mind if i hit that (laughs) i don't know what it was it gave me a little bit of a buzz but so i i'll I'll do that at any given time at least i used to fentanyl has changed all that in my life but until i hear otherwise the cannabis industry doesn't seem to have been hit fentanyl as a big issue so far i'm sure that's not entirely true i'm sure there's plenty of cases where it has so the question here is thc versus thca this is different than delta 8 and delta 9 what is thca i'll get to three pieces of audio here from that dude's youtube page and uh i guess we might as well just get to it right now and i I started thinking about this more in the last week because a friend of mine said I tried some of this THCA, big smoker. He knows he's been smoking. He's been, you know, kind of a connoisseur on it. And he was like, dude, this is the real deal. This is now where I can go legally and I don't have to buy this stuff on, you know, on the black market anymore. And that was what started that conversation. So what is THCA? Let me turn that volume up and here we go. Tetrahydrocannabinolic acid, or THCA, is a naturally occurring cannabinoid found in raw and living cannabis plants. The molecular structure of THCA and THC look very similar, but there is one big difference. THCA has this carboxyl group attached to it, but THC does not. And this is what changes everything. This added carboxyl group gives THCA a weirder shape and bigger size, which prevents it from easily getting into your brain's CB1 receptors. Your CB1 and CB2 receptors are how cannabis interacts with your body. CB2 receptors are mostly in your immune system, but CB1 receptors are mainly in your brain and are mostly responsible for how cannabis makes you feel. And since THCA can't get into those CB1 receptors, it will make you feel much different. Okay, so that's a lot of jargon there, I know. And even watching the video doesn't really help. It's like, Brian, I don't even know what any of that means. Well, basically, as a plant sitting there with the CBD or the THCA and the regular THC as a plant grown right out of the ground, done, finished, they're 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 very different. One is just straight designed and grown to it gets you high. The other one doesn't, except it does. And there's one very simple thing that changes that THCA to regular THC that gets you high, and this is the fascinating part of it. THCA won't give you that classic psychoactive stone feeling that you would expect because it really can't get into your brain, at least not until we change it a little bit. 
THCA is a precursor to THC, and the change from one to another takes place just by adding heat in a process called decarboxylation. Decarbing can happen slowly over time after harvesting, or it could be done with an external heat source like an oven, or more commonly just from a lighter when you set it on fire. So when the plant grows, it grows with THCA in the trichomes, but that won't get you baked yet. But as the buds dry, the temp of the dry room and the temp of the room you store the buds in will slowly start to convert a tiny bit of the THCA, but only a tiny bit. So when you pack up a bowl of fresh buds, they really don't have much THC in them at all. So in theory, the bowl you just packed shouldn't even get you baked. But as soon as you apply the lighter, the heat from the fire quickly converts the THCA into regular THC. It's that simple. It's that freaking simple. As it sits there as a plant, it's legal because by technical science, it doesn't get you high until it is activated by heat. Even if it's a little bit of heat in a grow room or more heat in an oven or other kind of heat activating device or as simple as your goddamn lighter touching the flower as it's now referred to as we used to call the bud and it turns the THCA into THC. It's brilliant. It's Frankenstein. It's agricultural science at its finest. It's somewhat hysterical and awesome all at the same time. But there is still one small issue is that if the heat is too much, you'll waste a lot of the product, the flower, the bud that you have. But of course, these incredible opportune scientists have fixed that problem as well. But what if someone like me or you wanted to maximize the mind-altering side and convert every bit of THCA so we can get the biggest psychoactive effect from the smallest amount of medicinal flour? There's actually a really easy way to do this. You might be thinking that fire is great for this because it's hot and it's already in your hand. And a lighter does work, but it isn't very efficient. This thing is sort of just wasting your stash. When the plant material is burned, some of the THCA will convert to THC, but a large portion of it just gets destroyed by the fire before it even has a chance to do anything. The heat from a burning bowl or a lighter is way hotter than we really need for this conversion, so we need something cooler, like a vaporizer. When you vaporize the plant material, you heat the oils in the plant much slower and at much lower temps, so a lot more of the THCA has a chance to be converted into THC instead of just being burned up and destroyed. So when you light it on fire, it will get you some of the good stuff. But when you heat it low and slow with something like a vaporizer, you will get almost all of the good so stuff. So it's kind of like if you're cooking a Boston butt, if you throw it on a direct flame, heat it up to 180 degrees, it's going to be edible, it's going to be food, and you're going to eat it, but it's going to suck, it's going to be tough, it's not going to taste good. But you low and slow that baby for 15 hours, and it's succulent, and it's perfect. Same idea here with the vaporizing of THCA to convert it to 100% to actual THC. So if you want to go the most bang for your buck, THCA vapor, vape is going to be your way to maximize your THC dollar. And there you go. Maybe you already knew that, but I didn't. And marijuana is officially legal in all states. 
This is what makes America great. The innovation, the intuition, the brilliant ingenuity, and the creative inventiveness that these agricultural scientists have done, have created legal marijuana for us all. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend and go Braves.